Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and kaflama, and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminating queen. My name is Sam Dampshness and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Girl, don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the drag race editor, the drag race extraordinaire. I mean, Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine and will be giving his critiques on the week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Umar, are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of it all? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh, oh I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. On this week's episode, the contestants transform themselves into lockdown super sheroes, with special guest stars including US Season 2 and All Stars 1 legend Raven and Maya Jammer. So, Umar, another fashion challenge, two in one season. We love to see it, right? We're being spoiled left, right and centre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, this episode started off on a bit of a severe note with the reading challenge, right? The Ooh, first yeah. time in Drag Race history it was done in 3D. So innovative, right? So futuristic. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think let rip the most? Lawrence and Sister Sister had me laugh out loud laughing. Mm. I think, I can't remember the full monologue. But the two reads that really just <laughs> got me was <laughs> A, Taste needs to throw herself in the Thames. What was it? What's, <laughs> what, what's long and snaky or something? What was, no, what was something, the she, she said something about her ensemble, didn't it? Like she needs to have a, like a long shape. Like, oh, you, you, <laughs> you need to dive into wearing, oh, I can't remember exactly word for word, but yeah, I love, I love that one as well. The, the Thames got me. And then <laughs> what, what what did Lawrence say? It was like, you're so stupid, you revised for your COVID test or something. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was like... <laughs> I was like, the British Library really did deliver on the rings uh, and yeah. shades. <laughs> yeah, I, I love those, those two the most as well. I think they were two of the best in history actually and just yeah. the way sister sister delivered every read as well uh because you know sometimes I... their reads can be a bit cringe you know mm. when they put the glasses on they go like lawrence cheney and then they go like really over the top but i think <laughs> sister <laughs> i think sister sister did it perfectly i think sister sister and ellie dime i'm um, more sister sister i think they had that fire in their bellies because mm. what we saw straight from the get-go once they came back from the main stage. It was yeah. all guns out against Sister Sister and Ellie Diamond for not being badge wearers at this stage of the competition. So I think Sister Sister was like, let me just give it to them straight. And we love to see it. And also, a horror's reading of Tace and her sitting oh. on Tace's face. I mean... Explicit! <laughs> I feel like that, that just strangled me in the jugular. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> are we doing this? Okay, let's go. 
Oh, do you know what? Taste took it really well, though, because, like, if that was me, I would have just, like, crawled under the table and hid for the rest of the episode. I would be mortified. I'd be like, how <laughs> dare you? But I think a horror throughout the episode was a bit of a roundy cow, because the sexual... <laughs> no, no, no shade, no shade, because, I mean, you're locked up in that workroom. I'm like, they had a seven-month break, but right. when you're locked up in that workroom... I mean, her hormones are flying all over the place and the sexual puns were just popping left, right and centre. But you do you. I didn't really notice it that much on my end. All I noticed was the read of taste. But what other moments then was she being, um, in your words, a randy cow? First of all, it started with sitting on taste's face. Yeah. Then it was offering sister sister a blowy to get some fabric. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I love the moment where she said... Um, <laughs> I love pandas. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what do you want? <laughs> so she was selling her style and her services for some cushions. And then she said something about... when. She, oh, obviously, when she won the challenge, she was like, I'm so excited I could come. I was like... Oh, let her come. Let her bloody come. Let her come. <laughs> come through. We come, love... Come. We lo come. Love it. <laughs> I mean, if I was in that workroom, you know, I might be feeling randy too. Would you, would you, do you think you'd be feeling randy under those, um, I, I <laughs> mean, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, stress and, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's only so much you can do, do you know what I mean? But they had seven months off, which maybe did, you know, bring Taze and Ahura closer and... They may be keeping it under wraps for now, but you never know what will be revealed after the show's all wrapped up and done. You never know. Numa, I'm going to ask you, if you had to read me in the challenge, what flaws would you point out? You know, I would never do that um, but, oh, to you. Oh. However, now you ah. mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I don't... Cause the thing is, I don't think I... What would I read you for? Do you know what? Nothing comes to the top of my mind. You're being too nice now. Come on, you read me all the fucking time. No, I'm not I'm not being diplomatic. I'm just being um You've taken on my diplomatic role now, haven't you? I'm the nice one. You're the Okay, I, I wouldn't direct this to you, but I did hear this shady read once. Oh. Do you wanna hear it? If if yeah, well you're gonna tell me anyway, aren't you? So Okay, so it was like <laughs> it was like Sam Dumpshness. You remind me Oh god. <laughs> no, when, no no, rewind. Sam Dumpshness. <laughs> You remind me of a penny. You're two-faced and worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Was that good? Uh, uh, is that no. because I'm? Is that because I'm a Gemini? Is that why? Or is a Gemini and you're cheap? Well, you got you, girl. You got me. What would you say to me if you were wearing the 3D glasses? Um, I don't really know. I mean, there are a lot of flaws there, you know, so there's mm -hmm. quite a lot to point out. I don't know. I just, I think in that environment, I'm not sure if you would, if I would be threatened by you in any way. So I don't think I would actually even come up for a read. Well, honey, um... <laughs> Let's just put that to the listeners. Which co-host do you <laughs> do you think is going to have a budding solo career? Let's just put it. Let's just put it out. 
Wow. No, no, this is a, we are the gay ant and deck of Snatched, all right? You can't separate us, all right? Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't go. No, no, I, would, I wouldn't think of that, I wouldn't think of that. <laughs> um, so then, when it came to the reading challenge, Sister Sister walks away with the win, which I think, fair game, I think she, she gave good lines. But then, we move on to the maxi challenge, and she has that 15 second head start. So how how do you It think was pandemonium. That? It was fucking pandemonium, wasn't it? Bloody hell. I mean, it looked like a crime scene. What her name was in the US season when she was like apocalyptic drag or whatever. She, it was like a full-on apocalypse brawl. And what was really interesting was the challenge is to make a British a she hero that's a lockdown sh- super shero. So a lockdown super shero. <laughs> but, uh, we love that. But the, the options were very peculiar. Like you had cushions, you had piping. <laughs> like it, it was just a brawl. Yeah, I mean, Umar, going into this challenge, would you channel a superhero that already exists and give it like a COVID spin? Or would you create something new? Because I know you finally caught up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So would you take inspiration from one of those femme fatales, or...? Well, we'll get into it when we're... when we get to the runway. Because I think, ultimately, I would go down that lane where I would pattern it on a superhero that I personally identified with. And in my case, it would be none other Scarlet than... Scarlet Witch. Wonder Maximar. <laughs> We, and we love a Scarlet Witch. Um, don't ask me to do my impression because um, I'm not going to. <laughs> Maybe I will. But <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to ask you, but now I'm ready to ask you. Come on, do it. Okay, okay. Um... All right, so I want you to give me a bit of your wonder. All right, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll go for Age of Ultron at the end, in the last act, you know, when she's ripping his heart out. Okay, so I'll be Ultron and you be Wanda. Okay. Okay, then, okay, let me... Again, to character, my twin brother has just He's dead. Died. He's, he's dead, honey. He's, he's dead, dead, yeah. And my powers are going all over the place. Right, go on. Okay, so you ready? Ready. <laughs> okay, okay. Wanda, <laughs> if you stay here, you'll die. I just did. Do you know how it felt? I don't have the voice down, but I have the energy down, I think. And I think, yeah, I would I would have gone down maybe a traditional route of having a cape and a headpiece and kind of playing on that vibe, which I don't think most of the queens did. You could have been the Scarlet Bitch. <gasps> Light bulb moment. Well, if I was going to be Scarlet Witch, I think you would be Black Widow, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't... Because the thing is, with this challenge, they had to put a COVID spin on it, right? So how would you put a COVID spin on the Scarlet Witch? And how would I do a COVID spin on Black Widow? I was thinking maybe with Black Widow, it could be like... Actually, no, I have no ideas. I I have no ideas. I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it's stupid. It it was a tricky challenge, I think, overall, because you had the fashion and the look side of things, but then you had the narration and the transformation dialogue. Like, I think when they came down the runway, I didn't read superhero. I just 
I read more of like when RuPaul throws a ball or like a, yeah. a crafty challenge where it's like make something out of recycled fabrics or something. I kind of got that vibe. I didn't really get Lockdown and I didn't really get Shiro. Okay, well, like you said, we'll go on to that later when we're on to the runway, right? Okay, because um, there was a lot that happened in the workroom this week. I mean, we saw the return of Drag Race Royalty Raven, who mm -hmm. looked jaw-dropping. I love her so much. Like, <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Um, did you, were you happy to see her return? I, d I did, because I think... Also, I Emmy think... winner! Emmy yeah. winner! Yeah, I think at this stage, I think Raven's a little bit more than just um, a drag alumni. I think she came in, obviously it is a pandemic, so the talent pool of guest appearances is... Limited. Limited. Mm. Um, but I think she came in and I think she gave nice critiques. I think what was nice is, obviously she's backstage with RuPaul, so she probably does know the queens, like she's standing backstage and I think she gave quite tailored advice to each queen. Like little things like how Lawrence could elevate her eye makeup or she said something, I don't know who she gave advice to. I think maybe it was Bimini or Hora or something. But it, it felt it felt like a nice family vibe from Raven. And we just love to see it. Quit. We, no, we don't <laughs> love no. I was gonna I was gonna say we love to see a queen that's gone on to do amazing things, but we love Raven. I know you said earlier that Sister Sister and Ellie were like really determined to succeed in this challenge, but do you think they wanted the most this episode, Sister Sister and Ellie? Because I feel like Ahura was gunning for that win. You know, she went into her fashion background and was joking that, you know, she spent 60k on this degree. She needs to win a sewing challenge. Do you think she wanted it the most or what do you think? I think a lot of queens at this stage in general, they want they want to collect that badge and they want to head to the final finishing point or mm. finish line, whatever you want to call it. And I think it was a tug of war because you had a horror who obviously this is the second time you're doing a design challenge. It doesn't come around that often. And I think she had a lot of ammunition and motivation to prove herself, not only to justify her fashion background, but also kind of claim a badge as a solo drag queen. And I think you couple that with Sister Sister and um, Ellie Diamond in particular, they also want to prove their place in the race. So yeah, there was a lot of competition. A lot of things were riding on this. Yeah. I think Taste was really determined as well. I mean, she went... Well, she, those... was bloody, <laughs> she was bloody cutting herself left, right and centre. Like, I, I mean, I know drag is a fierce sport, but she was ready to put, put literal blood yeah. Well, do you know what? We we need to address this because last week in the preview, you know, going off of that preview, I fully expected Taste to be wheeled out in an ambulance, <laughs> the camera crew following them through A&E. I mean, obviously I'm glad <laughs> Taste isn't hurt, but the deceit from that preview was far too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all she was, she was enjoying the antibacterial <laughs> swab being placed on her. We'll get on to Taste's outfit in a bit, mm. but that was a very... I think she must have an infliction to a bit of pain and what? I don't know. In infliction. <laughs> she has a she has an infliction to friction or something because she oh. was gun hard. <laughs> she was gun hard on doing working with that with that hard fabric. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Taste, stop! You're hurting yourself." 
Infliction to friction. <laughs> did you did did you come into this podcast like I'm gonna say infliction to friction, or did you just make no, that up on the spot? <laughs> I made up for the spot. God, right. I'm, I'm so glad you like that. <laughs> Oh, God, you're too much. You're too much. In the workroom as well. So we had absolute pandemonium with the items. We had blood spilt with taste. But then we had a really gorgeous moment, again, with um, Lawrence and Sister Sister talking about, you know, their high school bullies, which uh, has coincidentally, you know, timed in well with Sister Sister's essay in The Guardian earlier this week about how she's been tormented by so-called fans of Drag Race. Um, I'm doing air quotes at the moment because if you're a fan of Drag Race, you don't post vile comments on their social media feeds, you know, when they're bearing their souls to the world on television and providing us with entertainment every fucking week. Do you think, because I'm going to do air quotes again, fans completely tune out during this part because they still go ahead and they send hateful, vile messages? We're on season 13 in the American show. We're on season two of UK and there's been at least four all-stars. We're up in... Five. Five. Oh, five. We're up in the Netherlands. We're going to Australia. Like, mm. like this is not, like, this is not the first time at the rodeo. And I think every season, like, every queen, no matter whether they are the fan favourites, whether they've got the air quote villain edit, every queen is repeatedly saying, like, it's not life and death. It's an entertainment show. Like, we're, we're a sisterhood. We throw the shade we go back and forth, but no one is coming at this in a malicious way. And it's just unfortunate that you have those trolls who I don't know what they're going through in their neck of the woods or what's going through their brain. But I think it's just, it's, it's just a shame we're still at that point now that like we're fully into this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it, it baffles me how people can watch this show uh, which promotes love, inclusivity, you know, loving yourself, loving others. You know, watching that, getting it ringed into their heads every episode, and then feeling they need to sit back on their sofa with their phones out and sending hateful messages. You know, sis sister said she was called, um, someone just messaged her, um, DM'd her, just felt the need to say, you're unattractive. Imagine yeah. what's going through someone's mind that they have to do that. Flabbergasted, honestly. They're missing the whole point of the fucking show. No, I, I 100% agree. And like you said, like, I mean, what, like, what have any of these queens done that's, like, that tragically wrong? It's like, yeah, there's moments of, like, rivalry and competitiveness, but then you have those moments, like Sister Sister and Lawrence talking about their childhood bullies, shedding, you know, heartfelt tears over it. And as queer people, no matter what your age is, that is a common thing that a lot of us have faced. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would never get why people can't look at the common ground and would take take issue on dividing everyone around. Yeah, and in that conversation, Lawrence was, um, she said, you know, what would she say to her high school bullies today, right? What would you say to your bullies today? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I, I assume you had many. Well, <laughs> you have, okay, how dare you? You have just triggered me. <laughs> no. Well the, well, the thing is, I did have bullies, but I was very, 
me being a Capricorn, I'm very tactical. Oh. Where yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, we're in a shit situation. How do we benefit? So my tactic was becoming friends with all the popular girls. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I worked my way around that crowd where I surrounded myself with 10 of the fiercest girls in the playground. And I was like, right, yeah. we are a clique. And obviously yeah. boys are not going to upset the girls' best gay friends. So that's how yeah. I got around it. But yeah, uh, in all seriousness, I think we've all faced teasing, being, mm. and I think what really touched me about Lawrence's confessional, it wasn't even any particular words. She said, you walking into a room and being laughed at, like, that is mm. such a soul-destroying, inhumane thing to go through, and I think that, I think, touched me the most, because I think, mm. like you said, with the Twitter trolls, the sad thing is, sometimes there's no reason there's no rationality, there's no actual justification for people being cruel and malicious and mean. Yeah. They just, they do it because they can and they can get away with it. I'm so glad Lawrence said that because that mm. touches true with so many queer people. I mean, it's like you said, it was the same for me. I had like a big group of girls like surrounding me. It was like, you know, like in Black Panther where he has the Dora Milaje, like the women warriors. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it... I am... <laughs> I am done. <laughs> it was like, like they would literally be no. there. No. <laughs> well, it's a superhero episode. I've got a reference. No, it that's, that is why I am gagged at that reference. <laughs> yes, girl. Thank you, thank you. I just thought of that on the spot as well. But like, you know, like the 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 bullies would always be male, right? So they would like. Like, they would come and confront you and be like, Oi, Sam, blah, blah, blah. But then you'd have, like, your female friends go up to them and, like, push them away. And then they'd be like, are you really going to have a girl fight your battles? And I'd be there like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Daisy, get him. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> Dragon Daisy. <laughs> I think we have, even though you grew up in Devon and I grew up in the tough streets of Barking. I think it's, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Like, yeah. no matter where you grow up, you fall into the same situations and find the same kind of people. But yeah, I mean, I could just imagine you walking to the playground, <laughs> surrounded by women with mm -hmm. spears. <laughs> <laughs> and you entering the most graphic car chase sequence. <laughs> And then, who is it? Um, what's the name of the actress? Um, Denai Gurira? Uh, no, um, <laughs> what is it? Um, <laughs> Lapita, Lapita Nyong'o. Oh, yeah. I feel like if we went to school with Lapita and the whole of Wakanda, I don't think anyone would really fuck with us, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Okay, all right, well, uh, the time has come for me to interrupt you, Umar, um, because we could be talking about Black Panther for God knows how fucking long. Of course we could. Yeah, and take a pause for our gorgeous ad break, as per. We'll be back after this to discuss the runway and that lip sync. Did you know that Gay Times Plus members get more from the world of Gay Times? <gasps> I did not. Tell me more. They enjoy the full, uncensored episodes of Snatched. <gasps> I mean, us uncensored sounds like trouble, but let's go. We're adding more benefits all the time, and the memberships are available anywhere in the world. And we love an international hunt. So make sure you sign up and join our growing community of LGBTQ plus people just like you. 
Learn more and sign up at gaytimesplus.com. That's gaytimesplus.com. Click, click. Welcome back. It's time for the runway. Umar, I know you want to take it away, right? Go on, hit me, hit me, hit me. Oh, God, I will hit you. Um... Oh, no, you fucking would. I know you would. He's done it before. Um... <laughs> Several times, actually. Oh, do you know what? I was going to say such a niche. I was going to say such a niche reference from One Division, where where what? Agnes is like, I've been a child once. <laughs> what? She's. I've been a what once. She's bit a child once. Oh, oh, I think, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said she's been a child once. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, no, she's no. been that too. Yeah, she's been that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a nerdy joke. God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, it was all so my all along. No, you didn't. I hope people listening to this have actually watched WandaVision because they're not. They, this yeah. is going to fly over their heads, so... Um, no, they should. I mean, yeah. WandaVision has just changed my life. Yeah, okay, um, same, same, but come on, runway, let's okay, do it. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, runway. So, um, like I said before at the beginning of the podcast, and you've mentioned this before as well, with... What? We go back and forth from the fact that, like, if you have to explain the concept of your outfit, have you done mm-hmm. a good job? If you looked at all... So how many queens have we got? I think Six. we've got... Six queens. If you looked at all of them on the main stage together, I don't think the theme of superhero, shiro, lockdown, vixen comes across, in my opinion. So how do you feel about it, as a collective, before we dive into each one of them? I didn't see much superhero, super shiro in their looks, right? But when they all came out and they described how they would conquer COVID in lockdown, you know, as a lockdown alter ego. I got it. Like, for example, Tace, you know, with those... I don't know what that material is called. What is, she, what is it called again? The, um... Girl, literally, I can yeah. put a lot of things in my mouth, but that word oh, of... Oh, are we going there? Oh, <laughs> the, 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 oh, the, the, the... Oh, oh, okay. No, that... <laughs> Here's you going on about a horror's randiness, and you come out with that. I think whatever that fabric was called, because I, I thought it was called... I thought it was Brillo, like... Like a Brillo pad. I don't know. I just call it a cloth. But then it turned into copper wire. I don't know what it was. Well, speaking of taste, I agree with the judges. I It was such a mess. And I love taste. I think she is a fashion queen. She can definitely deliver it. And her face, her makeup, her hair, body looked amazing. But I just, I think she must have looked in the mirror before hitting that runway and being like, what have I done? And I need to perform the heck out of it because it looked like, yeah, it looked like copper pubes. Oh. And oh, the, 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 no, oh, no one's that. Do you know what I mean? It just looked a bit of, I don't know, it looked a bit of a mess. Well, see, I, I think she looked absolutely jaw-dropping, right? And I actually think she did a really good job with that material. Like, it looked fashionable. It looked like she could go to, you know, a party, mingle with some fashion people and have it be that, you know? I think the outfit worked with the assignment just because, like she said in her, you know, voiceover, she's going to use this material to clean. So I got that part, but I, I still just wasn't getting superhero vibes. I wasn't. And I think Maya Jammer said it. If there was just a bit of, like, a skirt or just some leggings or something mm. to complete it, I think she would have done a good job. But unfortunately, I think maybe the fabric worn off. No, not the fabric worn off, but 
maybe the fabric ran out, maybe she ran out of time, it just mm. didn't look like a finished product. Yeah. Then you had Lawrence Chene, or whatever her name is. Again, I liked it. I think she sculpted her body really well. And we've seen that market bag thing in the past with a lot of queens. So even though it wasn't the most original thing, I mean, the feather dusters was a choice. Well, I was getting very Kim Woodburn when she came out. Like, if Kim Woodburn yeah. was was a contestant and she had to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, she didn't have the hair, but I really saw Kim Woodburn. Okay, so let's go on to Bimini. I think I, I loved Bimini's reference of Vivian Westwood. And I think this is where we see sometimes if you have... Like, it's the tea coffee criticism. Sometimes when you're working with a good frame... Things can just fall on you and sculpt mm. around you and it looks fashion. I liked Bimini's reference on Pamela Anderson meets Vivian Westwood. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So then you have the tops, which are Aurora and Ellie Diamond, which I think we'll talk about in a second. No, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about We've got 40 minutes for this podcast. Let's talk oh, about okay, it now. Right. So Aurora, honestly, wow. Like, wow. Clap for wow. the NHS, honestly, because that was just... Honestly, it gave me Gaga. Yeah. It gave me a bit of Margaret Thatcher. Oh. It gave me... What? I think it gave me actually Shiro. I think why when did she... It... Wait, why did it give you Margaret Thatcher? I don't know, maybe the blue. What? The blue. I don't, I don't, know, where my, I don't know where my mind goes. What I loved actually about Horace's dress, when she flipped those oh. shoulders, it looks very Velociraptor. It looks oh, very yeah. like... It looked powerful, like she had like a superpower that was gonna jet out of her, and I I loved that. I loved the silhouette and I loved the yeah. construction. That belt that she made out of a light bulb, I Ooh. think, was really innovative, and it, I think it just shows um, Aurora's skill set and her eye on like mm -hmm. basically turning absolute crap into couture is there. So I think she did a phenomenal job. Can I say though, like I think she was the clear winner. Like I was gobsmacked when she came out. It was it was Shiro, it was fashion, it was everything. Clear winner. Yeah. However, oh, and this is not like a but, this isn't like a negative or anything, but I was fully expecting, you know, because they've got that copycat storyline going on with Ahora and Sister Sister at the moment. I thought Sister Sister was gonna confront her about her mouth glitter. Just because Sister Sister entered the workroom <gasps> on day one with that exact same blue glittery mouth. Did you did you not spot that? Girl, I mean, Sherlock Holmes ain't got, <laughs> ain't got shit on you, girl. I did not clock that. That is actually a really good point. But they didn't bring it up, so I, I don't know why, because this copycat storyline's been going on for weeks now, isn't it? So yeah. I really thought, I thought that was a horror's way of being like, look, I'm stealing from you now. <laughs> um, I mean, that would have been such an anti-hero thing to do, but a horror sold it. I think she was my clear winner, but mm -hmm. then... So quickly talking about Ellie Diamond and Sister Sister, who basically had the most to prove. Like, this is do or die. This is your moment. Like, you need that badge. I think Sister Sister looks like a freaking magic mushroom. <laughs> that someone from a kitchen sink at. And it just exploded into a hot mess. Yeah, do you know what? I love how bonkers it was. I, I, I love that it was crazy, but I didn't know what to look at. It actually was giving me, like, drag Pokemon gym leader, and she's just whipped out her Bulbasaur and her Bellsprout, ready to, you know, take down Ash Ketchum. That's what I, that's what I was seeing. Do you know what? Those 15 seconds of her just grabbing everything and being a bit greedy, I think Karma got her. Which yeah. 
it's unfortunate to see because light elements of it and I think I liked where she was going. She was having fun with it. It was more of a caricature. It wasn't necessarily high fashion. Mm. I just think editing and refinement are very important things yeah and um, when it comes to fashion and i just think it was too much and then ellie diamond uh, this yeah. is my thing with ellie diamond i loved it i think the construction of it was impressive it looked like an actual drag outfit but i i agree with what ahora said slightly in untucked where it's like it's repetitive like that's ellie diamond through and through, which is great. Yeah. There was no versatility. It was basically Katy Perry, cotton candy. Yeah. Pink fantasy. And I think we've seen that already. So I think that was the deciding fate where Ahura took it for me and any diamond didn't take me fully there for the win. Yeah, like if I tuned into Drag Race UK season two for the first time this week and I saw Ellie Diamond on that stage in that outfit, I would be stunned. You know? But it it just felt f too familiar. Like, she looked gorgeous. It was signature Ellie Diamond, but I wasn't blown away. Yeah, it was gorgeous. But then it does, to be devil's advocate, when you are the top six, do you do something completely outside your comfort zone and take that risk and then basically do a Ginny Lemon, completely switch it up, do something different, just to mm. silence the critics, but then you ultimately do yourself a disjustice because you're leaving the competition in something that you don't believe in. That's not authentically you. So yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm not hating Ellie Diamond's choice hair. I'm just no. being picky. Yeah, I mean, when it gets to the top six, we've got to be picky. We've got to be picky. We have or... to. We, yeah, we have to. Oh, also, mm -hmm. what did you think about RuPaul's um, little comment where, like, he said, I told you all to step it up. And you did. <laughs> it was very. I much, think we're... <laughs> it was very much a moment where he's like, "Very, I'm so proud to see it. I'm so proud to see it." <laughs> but but the tears. <laughs> I think she, I think she's just scared to criticize any fashion from now on. She's I don't think she's all... scared. It's her show. She's she's she'll let her rip if she wants to. I, I, but I think yeah. maybe I think maybe she after that episode she was like, "If I had too much coffee, am I all right? Did I blow yeah. up too much?" I mean, she gave the girls cushions and Grillo pads and hose pipes to work <laughs> with. So, I mean, when you're giving the resources, the expectations shouldn't be that high. But ultimately, to wrap all of this chaotic runway energy, Ahura took the win. The, yeah, she, she took the win. Yeah, she took the win. I I did think that Ellie was gonna get it at some point. You know, to to kind of fit with her storyline of you know I'm the underdog. You thought. I was going to leave. So I was a bit concerned that she would walk away with the win. And if she did, I mean, again, nothing towards Ellie. Nothing at all. I, lo I think she's bloody gorgeous, lovely. Her outfit was great. But if she did win, I was going to throw my, my slipper at the telly. And also, I think if she did win, I think Ahura. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, To see that, because I think Ahura would... I think she'll, being a Libra that she is, I think she would have gone into overdrive where she's like, what the, like, what has gone on? Like, I've lost the challenge that I'm most mm. capable for to two queens that, um, yeah. aren't known for that. Um, yeah, so I think, thank God, Ahura can just take the badge and be content. 
So, Taste and Sister Sister in the bottom two. Oh, Do you, God. are you like happy, unhappy, or are you just kind of like, I get it? Like, how do you feel about that? I get it. I think it's a fair outcome. All the other girls constructed something that was polished and finished. And I think you had Taze, who arguably didn't do enough on her outfit. And then you had Sister Sister, who did too much on her outfit. And I don't think both those queens met the sweet spot in the middle. So, yeah. So, on to the lip sync. Um, I just, I'm not a fan of that song. Oh, okay. I think think if you're going to do a Jess Glynn song, right, surely you should do something that's a bit better. You know? Like, rather Mm. be with Clean Bandit. Something like that. Something a bit more, you know, kicky, flippy. All that kind of, you know. Michigas. But I like the lip sync. I thought, do you know what? Going into these lip syncs, especially when it's taste, you think, oh, the other queen's not going to stand a bloody chance. But I thought it was quite an equal playing field, surprisingly. Yeah. I thought they both did a really good job. I think they both kept the momentum. I think they mirrored each other really nicely. And I think I know you don't like Jess Glynn, or maybe that <laughs> song in particular. Um... No, I no, think... I have nothing against, I don't have anything <laughs> against Jessica. It's just, it's... You're, you are sexy fish and you're going to kick her out of the restaurant. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like, uh-uh. You ain't coming in here, Jessica. <laughs> oh, I didn't think we'd be bringing up that controversy this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we brought up everything in the kitchen sink, so why not We brought up fish? World War Two, haven't we? So why not sexy fish? <laughs> The song choice, don't be too hard on yourself. I think um, it wraps up nicely with the theme of the episode and all the, the show as well. Overall, you know, don't be so hard yeah. on yourself. But I just want to know who is like deciding what song to, for these queens mm. to lip sync to. I really want to go behind that creative process to be quite honest because I just want to think, you know, I just want to know who thought, oh, don't be so hard on yourself by Jess Glenn. Let's use that one. Let's, let's lip sync to that. Let's go with that one. I don't know. Maybe copyright issues. We don't know. The song was good. I think it was upbeat. It had a good energy about it. And like you said, I think Sister Sister and Taste, I think both of them delivered a good performance. It wasn't anything groundbreaking or explosive. But I think sometimes, especially in the UK season, when, you know, like when Tia kept doing the knee drop move, and we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But is it really amazing? Or is it just, dramatization i think this was this just felt like a cool duo just having a good time on stage and i like to see that yeah but again it was kind of a case of like we knew taste wasn't gonna go like Mm. sister sister put up a great fight but i just think it was obvious that taste was gonna make it through yeah i agree i think at this stage taste has one badge but then again taste and the sister have both been in the bottom two twice now. So yeah. it is an even playing field. But yeah, I think Taste just kind of gave that extra inch of glamour and performance. So yeah, I think when Taste took the win, I, I agreed. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. Do you know now that there's only one member left of Banana Drama left, and that's Ellie Diamond? Wow. Wait, I think that's mm. true. Wait, because Tia's gone. Sister, sister's gone, and Joe Black is gone. Yeah, so <laughs> United Kingdoms are reigning. Drama. The curse of banana drama. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I had a really fun interview with Sister Sister this week. We spoke about her elimination, the moment with the horror that didn't make the edit, and that bonkers runway, which she is completely standing behind. Um, so get your judge here with my interview with Sister Sister. How are you? I'm devastated. I've just been, I've basically just been fired, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You'll have to excuse my voice. I sound, I sound pretty hoarse today. I was making rather merry, let's say that, last night. Who's my leaving drinks? <laughs> we'll have to excuse my beard. I look like an ogre right now because I left my clippers in London and I'm in Devon right now. So. Oh, and then Devon's notoriously known for not having clippers, right? No razors whatsoever. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, I love your hair, by the way. I was, I was watching you on um, live last night with Tear Coffee and... I got hair and I was like, fuck's sake, now I want to do what every other guy yeah. is doing. <laughs> so I know, I had a rebirth. I had to, it's my midlife crisis. I was like, everyone else seemed to have done it during lockdown last time and I, I, I missed the mark on it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll catch you up now. I'll bleach blonde now. It takes a lot of patience. Yours looks good though. Thank you, I'll take that. Like, I'm going for um, Freddy from Scooby-Doo, accidentally. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> I have a Daphne costume in that drawer down there. We'll put it on. If you had let me know. Stop <laughs> wasting time, but put it on now and we'll do Scooby-Doo the musical. No. Oh, <laughs> Some other time. Some other time. <laughs> Some other time. Um, so how does it feel to have made uh, the top six of Drag Race UK season two? You know what? It feels pretty fucking camp, actually, Sam. I'm not going to lie to you. Of all my lifetime achievements, I'd say it's definitely up there as, um, <laughs> as one of the good ones. As one of the most stupid experiences. It was so stupid. <laughs> like, me and Joe Black just used to whisper to each other on set, what a silly job. Like, the silliest of jobs that I could have possibly have entered into. So, yeah, to get to top six, it feels good. It feels like you are on an upward trajectory. Is that the right thing? Up upward trajectory. In the competition. Yeah, that's what I kept screaming into RuPaul's face every single walkthrough. <laughs> have you noticed, Ru? I'm on an upward trajectory. And he was like, yeah, all right, calm down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does it feel to leave when you did? You know what, it, it felt like a lovely kind of full circle moment. I think it was like, of all the queens that I got the most closest to, I sent them all home. So it was kind of just me amongst the top dogs, like, oh God, I'm gonna have to make new friends. It was like starting school again. So to do them all a favor, I was like, I'll just leave now. I'll do everyone a favor and just leave now. How's that? <laughs> so what, what, what is that piece of advice your nan gave you then? I'm, I'm really, did, did you remember in the end? Hold on. Ask me at the end, it'll come to me. <laughs> that was, I honestly loved that bit. <laughs> Thank you. I was looking at my screen like, oh my God, what is she going to say? What well, say? it's a reference to um, a Victoria Wood line. Oh, it's Kitty, what's her name? So Victoria Woods wrote um, a series of sketches with Patricia Rouledge. And Patricia Rouledge um, performs as, as these monologues and there's one where she sat there and she's getting really pissed at Christmas and she's just neck and sherry nonstop. And then she goes, just before I leave you, I'll give you a piece of advice that um, some very wise words that were left to me. And then she just looks into the distance and goes, and then it cuts there. And that's it. It's just like, it's just a perfect <laughs> bit of comedy. I was like, I really want to, I really want to reference that. Victoria Woods, my one. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, do you know what? The, the way people are leaving Drag Race this season is so good. So going into the lip sync, um, I think whenever anyone would be up against someone like Tace, fans and the other queens would be like, oh, they're going home, they're not going to stand a chance. But I thought it was pretty 
level playing field, actually. It's so funny because having done two lip syncs, and I think you can pretty much tell from the first one against Ginny, I, you have no idea what the other person's doing. I, like, I was watching that yeah. back and I was like, oh my God, Taste did that. Was Taste on stage? I completely forgot that she was. It's mad. You just, it's like an outer body experience, but you, you can only see yourself. That makes yeah. sense. Is Don't Be So Hard On Yourself by Jess Glenn a song you would normally perform? Absolutely not. And you know what? I have such a soft spot for it now. It's become like my Butlins theme anthem. It's on my shower <laughs> playlist. I'm like that. Yes. Lathering up. Woo. <laughs> Do you know what I love about that episode, though? Like, you got mixed reviews for your outfit and the queens didn't really like it, but you were living for it. I love how much you stood by your outfit. To this, to this day, <laughs> Sam, to this day, I still love that outfit so much. I get it. I get that it looks like primary school teacher does in the night garden. It's mm. so obnoxious and it's so over the top. And I'm, I'm just still, I've got such a soft spot for it. <laughs> Still, I say that as it's lying on the floor in my drag room being used as a carpet. I'm like, I love it. I'll, ha I'll get around to hanging it up. But yeah, the, um, the artwork has now just been incorporated oh, yeah. into, um, <laughs> into my everyday interior design. I wake up and see it every day and feel shame. Shame. <laughs> well, when I saw it, it was giving me like Poison Ivy becomes a Pokemon gym leader. God, I'll take that. I was waiting for you to whip out a Bulbasaur. <laughs> I was like, I love it. Uh, I'll take that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm not sure if this is going to be a shady question, but this week I was fully um, expecting there to be, with this copycat storyline going on, um, a horror's mouth makeup to be addressed. Because I know you didn't invent blue beard makeup, but I thought that was going to be a talking point. So let's be clear. I didn't invent blue beard makeup, but I did invent the blue orb with a red lip. That's a signature. It did get mentioned in Untucked as like a last minute just before we all broke off to go and learn the lip syncs and do whatever. And I guess the editors just chose to sort of let it breathe and see if anyone picks up on it. I think it was gorgeous. I think that episode was absolutely beautiful the way it sort of played out because the horror was so heavy with the accusations like, who are you going to copy this week, sister? And then bam, something <laughs> as obvious as that. But I'll, I'll admit on set, I, I talked it through with her and she was like, I'll give you full credit for this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. that's suspiciously nice of you, a horror. What do you want out of me? <laughs> You fucking snake. No, I joke. <laughs> She's a sweetie. <laughs> Bless her. She wanted those, that, that red material, she didn't she? This. She literally wanted that. Well, another conversation that me and Ahura had at some point as well, she was like, I thought it was literally going to be me and you in the, in the top two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I thought this was my week. I literally thought this was my week. But you know what that's called? Delusion. Convince And it helps to have it. <laughs> it helps to have it, especially on Drag Race. My God. <laughs> I wish I would have had yeah. more of it. Well, I mean, if she is standing behind that runway look, I guess we should all respect her choice. <laughs> In the words of Jinx Monsoon, delusion. delusion. Convince yourself. Oh. I think what's great about Sister Sister is I think she's gone on a little bit of a journey. We've seen her kind of develop as a drag queen, get some fire in her belly, come back at the criticism and the haters. And I think she's leaving with her head held high. So 
Yeah. Good on your sister, sister. Good on your sister. In our interview, Sister Sister also discusses that powerful essay about online trolls for The Guardian and what she's most looking forward to about her post-drag race career. You can hear the full unedited version right now if you sign up to Gay Times Plus. On next week's episode, the queens will face their toughest challenge yet as they are asked to write and perform their own comedy stand-up routines. The vicar of Dibley legend Dawn French will join yes. RuPaul... Dawn fucking French. Can you fucking believe, Umar? I can't believe. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. She, the legend and icon herself, will join RuPaul, Michelle Visage and Alan Carr on the panel. Umar, say... Au revoir. Ooh. Au revoir. C'est soir. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. Au <laughs> revoir. Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in our community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com. 